two verses to share with you in my short time this evening. Um, 1 Thessalonians and chapter 5, share these verses with me. They're, they're very short. And out of these two verses, I just want to take one of the statements and share with you this evening. So Paul wrote this letter to the church at Thessalonica. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16 This is what Paul said. Be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's it. Three wonderful statements. Be joyful, pray, and give thanks. And it's that last statement I just want to spend a little bit of time and share on with you this evening under the question, do you consider yourselves to be thankful people? Make it a little bit more personal. Are you a thankful person? Am I a thankful man that I was young when I was last with you and uh, now I'm not so young? I'll come back to that in just a moment. As I thought about sharing this with you, it reminded me of the story, and if you've heard this, you'll have to forgive me, uh, the story about two men who were walking through a field one day, and as they were walking, they spotted an enraged bull. Now, I'll stop at that moment. You won't find this story in the Bible, so don't worry. So they spotted an enraged bull, and they decided, let's head for the nearest fence, get out of his field. So they darted towards the nearest gate in the fence. As they turned, they realized that the bull was in hot pursuit. Of course he was. And the one companion said to his friend, John, you've got to do something. The bull's gaining on us. Can't you say a prayer? And John's response was, I I don't know. I've never made a public prayer in my life. And his companion said, John, we're in for it. You've got to pray. And you've got to pray now. And John replied, I will say the only prayer I know, it's something I remember my father teaching me as a boy. And so he said, dear Lord, for what we are about to receive, may we be truly thankful. Am I a thankful person? In the light of that, I'm not so sure. I can remember, thinking back to uh, what our brother just shared about the last time I was with you, I can remember just a few years ago when I turned 50. I know it's a shock. It's a shock to me, and I know as you're looking at me, you can't believe it either. Well, that was a few years ago, but I still remember when I turned 50, I was in shock for days. And my family softened the blow by taking me away for the weekend, but I'm afraid it didn't work. I knew that I had become a 50-year-old man. And when I got home, I searched on the internet for some help and some advice. And I wanted to know what did it mean being a 50-year-old man? Could I be thankful? And this is what I found about people men in particular, who had entered into their 50s. This is what happened, and some of you might remember this. Some of you are heading for this, and young people, don't laugh at me. You're going to get there one day. But this is what what I found on the internet. When you turn 50, you start to buy clothes, not for style, but for comfort. What a shock. 
When you turn 50, you start to wear a cardigan in case it gets cold. <laughs> Actually, I bought a new cardigan before Christmas this year, and it's fair line, doesn't it, Pauline? Yes. So anyway, I can't get away from that one. Um, where you once visited trendy coffee shops on a day out, now you take a flask. <laughs> yeah, I thought that might resonate with somebody here tonight. Or you might, as a 50-year-old, throw a party and your neighbours don't even realise it. That's very true. You confidently, as a 50-year-old, share a secret with your friends because within moments they would have forgotten that secret anyway because they're the same age. And finally, I love this one, you receive a warning, but not from the police this time, but from your doctor. Turning 50, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm thankful for that, but am I a thankful person? I hope I am. I hope I'm not grumpy. I hope that I can still preach with a smile. I hope I can still go through life as a thankful person. And it's interesting that when the apostle wrote these words and attached them to being joyful and to praying continually, they're all linked together. So I've done something actually and taken it a little bit out of that because I just want to ask you that question again. Are you a thankful person? And I hope that you've come here tonight because you are a thankful person. And as we come to break bread together, you're coming with that thanksgiving from your hearts. I hope that is the case. It's interesting, again, that when Paul said this about being thankful people, he said, actually, it's not a choice. Because did you notice what we read at the end of that verse? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We, we don't have a choice. We are called as followers of Jesus Christ as Christians, to be thankful people, to live thankful lives in the middle of sometimes very difficult circumstances. In effect, it, it lifts us into a higher realm of faith as we live our lives in our families and in our churches, in our cities and in our nation. Thanksgiving, I find, actually has great power. It does two things. It brings joy, but it can also break the power of the enemy. Whenever you give thanks to God during the most difficult of circumstances in life, and I don't know you that well, I don't know what you're going through, but maybe you are facing some real trials at the moment, difficult, difficult situations in life. You might be going through that right now. When you're a thankful person in the midst of that, our enemy will lose a battle in our lives. And I find that's really important. And when we are thankful, not only does that happen, but we actually bring pleasure to the heart of God. Now, this is difficult. It is difficult to be thankful in the midst of difficult situations and circumstances. But this is what we are called to. And I would ask the question of myself, am I a thankful person? Am I thankful for my present circumstances? Am I thankful for my relationships? Am I thankful for my family, for my church? Am I thankful for my salvation? I am. I'm really thankful about that. And I pray that we all are this evening and we are connected because of that. And what I find amazing is that thankfulness has such power. It can turn a situation completely around because it can change you. It can change your attitude. It can change your outlook 
on life or on what is going on in your life at this time. There is real power in a thankful heart. Thanksgiving does this. It brings contentment. And sometimes if we lack contentment, we also lack that thanksgiving. But to be thanks, thank, thankful with contentment is a great thing. I remember this song, I haven't sung it for a long time, but I'm sure you would remember it. And it goes something like, give thanks with a grateful heart. Do you remember that song? Would you like me to sing it to you? No, you wouldn't. It really wouldn't give you joy. It wouldn't make you a thankful people. I can't sing that well. But I can remember a couple of lines in that song. Let the poor say, I am rich. Yes? Let the weak say, I am strong. Difficult circumstances, and yet the joy that can come from them because of contentment. And I think that's a great secret with our thankful lives. I just wanted to share with you some words from a lady called Elizabeth Elliot. That name might not mean much to a lot of you, but for those of you who like what goes on on the mission field or are involved in that in some way, you will remember that Elizabeth Elliot was the wife of a missionary who, along with four others, lost their lives in South America. They became martyrs for their faith amongst a group of Indian people. And she continued. She lost her husband on the mission field, and she has faced a whole multitude of hardships. Now, this is what she says about loving God, being thankful, and being content in God. She wrote this. To love God is to love his will. It is to wait quietly for life to be measured by one who knows us through and through. It is to be content with his timing and his wise apportionment. It is to follow in the steps of the master, as Paul did, who was able to say that he had learned contentment no matter what the circumstances What were his circumstances when Paul wrote that? He was in prison. No easy lesson, but great gain, which is the sum of godliness plus contentment together. What would really help us as we ask ourselves that question about are we thankful people is to just look at Jesus and look at his life And look at the contentment within his life. What a great example. One who followed the will of his father to the very end. And of course the end for him was not just death. But as Paul writes, the death of the cross. He obeyed without complaint. And when Paul wrote his letter to the church at Philippi, he said that we should have the same attitude that Jesus had himself who made himself nothing, but took on the very nature of a servant and humbled himself and became obedient to death. What a wonderful example to follow. Circumstances change. They can be difficult. And we are called as Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, to be thankful and content in what is going on because It's the will of God. And if we focus on the will of God, that is half the battle over. Because we know there is one with us who is walking us through, who is walking with us 
hand in hand, leading us through that darkness and towards his greater light. Just another quote from Elizabeth Elliot. She said this, Jesus loved the will of his father. He embraced the limitations, the necessities, the conditions. The very chains of his humanity as he walked and worked here on earth, fulfilling moment by moment his divine commission and the stern demands of his incarnation, never was there a word or even a look of complaint. A lady who lost her husband on the mission field early in life, and this was her attitude. She approached it as a thankful person. What a witness to those around her and the people she mixed with. And there's just another thought here. We thought about thanksgiving with contentment, but also we learn from the Bible about offering to God the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving because it has to be at times a real sacrifice if we're in life where situations around us, our circumstances are very, very hard. They're very difficult. We don't know why it happened. We don't know what's going on. But to offer praise and thanksgiving to God in that can be a real sacrifice. I'm sure you've all heard of the Duke of Wellington. He was a great British military leader in his day. And yet he had one regret when he wrote his memoirs. He regretted that he had not learned the secret of praise during his lifetime. I find that quite amazing. He had many great accomplishments. He even defeated Napoleon at the Battle of Waterloo. And when that was all done and finished, as he came back to our country at one time in his life, he even became the Prime Minister. He was a brilliant man, but he was very demanding. And when he was older, he realised that there were areas in his life that needed to change. In his old age, a woman asked him this question. What would you do differently if you had your life to live all over again? He thought carefully and said this, I would give more praise. How interesting. This is a lesson, of course, for all of us. If we would learn to be a people of praise and thanksgiving, because it's God's will for us, then the days in our lives will be great accomplishments as we seek to live for our Saviour. David wrote in Psalm 116, I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. Maybe this attitude of gratitude and praise and joy and thanksgiving is something that should characterize all of our lives as we live for him. Very, very quickly, and I promise this, there are three ways to practice this whole attitude of thanksgiving. And it's just in everyday life. Take this home with you, and I pray it will be a blessing to you. First of all, learn to thank and praise God for everything in your life. Don't take anything for granted. Thank him for even the difficulties. Now that's where the sacrifice comes in. We thank God because in those difficulties, we find ourselves resting on Jesus more. We find ourselves trusting him more, grabbing his hand even more tightly by faith. Give thanks to God for what's going on in your lives because God is bigger than those difficulties. 
And he is the one who has the power to turn troubles into triumphs. Prove it for yourselves. Look at it for yourselves. See it happening in your lives. Secondly, don't allow yourselves to complain. We're very, very quick to complain, aren't we? It's just too easy. It's our human nature. But try not to give yourselves room for that. But opposed to that, in those difficult times, instead of complaining, think of ways that you can verbally offer God the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And finally, and actually this is quite important, try not to compare yourselves with others. When life is difficult, when things are really tough, it's so easy to look at somebody nearby and say, well, they're okay. Why me? And we have that question. Why am I going through this? I think the secret is not to wish that life was different for us. God knows what's best. He knows us through and through. He knows the end of a thing right from the beginning. He knows what we're going through. And when we compare ourselves to others and others' situations, it's very difficult for us to get through life at times. But if we give it to God and we don't compare ourselves with others, we begin to thank God for what we have and what we are rather than complaining about what's going on in other people's lives. As I finish, just one quote from a great Bible teacher called Rick Warren. He said this, God smiles when we praise and thank him continually. Few things feel better than receiving heartfelt praise and appreciation from someone else. God loves it too. An amazing thing happens when we offer praise and thanksgiving to God. When we give God enjoyment, our own hearts are filled with joy. And maybe we can use these thoughts as we go into a time of thanksgiving and remembering what God has done for us in his son and what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross. It's good to come together and say thank you. But when we leave this place and face another week, remember Monday morning is just around the corner. Let's take these thoughts and see if this week can be a little bit better for us if we take on board some of this teaching, which is going to be helpful for us, and learn to be people of thanksgiving, that we will live in the will of God in that. Thank you.